listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com with the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Last time on Bird Box, Sandra Bullock was careening down the river with two beautiful children, and all of them were blindfolded. Not an allegory for the average parent, but rather an end-of-days film presented by Netflix. You see, creatures of some origin have infiltrated the Earth, and if you look upon their majesty and glory... You will kill yourself. Some people look upon these creatures and join the cult. And those people would like everyone to look at the creatures as well and kill themselves. If you haven't seen that first one, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoy a lot of Sandra Bullock's awesome work. And it was quite the tension, you know, thinky. A really good pairing with um, Cabin in the Woods, honestly. Or a quiet place. But what about the rest of the world? Are they also having these problems? Well, now we know for sure that Barcelona is... Barcelona. Bird Box, Barcelona, presented by Netflix. Stars Sebastian, played by Mario Casas. A lone man who's actually not alone. Because his daughter Anna is with him. And they're running around this post-apocalyptic world blindfolded. Trying to avoid scavengers and danger. And the overall paranoia of the world. Little do we know. Sebastian has got kind of a secret mission. Got kind of a lot to do in order to save the world from disaster. And as the movie goes on we start to realize what that is. Now, eventually, he joins up with a crew, the feature actors of that crew being Georgina Campbell, who's playing Claire, and a little girl named Sophia, played by Nalia Schuberth. They're trying to get to the safe zone, which is a pretty cool-looking castle. (laughs) And to get to the safe zone, perhaps everyone in the crew... We'll have to set aside human prejudice and have a little bit of faith in each other. With me to talk about this, someone who could definitely draw you up a castle. Melina is with us. <laughs> Hola, good nabin, and hello. Ooh, impressive. And somebody who will always make sure your aspect ratio is correct on your television, even if you don't ask him. <laughs> DC is with us. 
Hello, I, I have chosen to blindfold myself through this review. So if uh, I, I don't make eye contact, that's that's the only reason. Yeah, take our word for it, folks. That's exactly what he's doing. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I am trained in the arts of being very vague, very I don't know, because this film is quite twisty. There's some surprises yes. and they're enjoyable, I would say. But uh, we're going to do the best we can to stay as vague as possible. I've got to say, Brad, I don't know if you just did the best job at not spoiling this or the worst. We're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> right. Are, I'm worried that people are thinking up to this point, what is he even talking about? Do, do I watch the first one? <laughs> I think it was just enough because being in the know, I can go, oh, well, I know what he's talking about. Being out of the know, it just seems like, okay, it's Bird Box. There you go. I saw the first one. I think it's going to be the same thing. And that's where you would be mistaken, because this is so much more than what that first one was. Well, it is shockingly different. In fact, when I got onto this review and saw that there were some negative reviews already kind of brewing in the pipeline, one of the main ones I saw was, this is just a rehash, it's a retread of the first one. It took maybe 10 minutes for me to just throw my hands up and say, I don't know what film you guys possibly could have seen. Because this is, I wouldn't say it's, I don't know if I would say it's more than the first one because I enjoy the first one quite a bit for what it is, but talk about a sequel that just completely has its, like, has its own identity from the get-go. Yes. And has you guessing from the very beginning and does not stop. Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting you both have spoken positively about that first one. And while I do think that first one has a lot of good going for it, particularly its cast, Sandra Bullock, John Malkovich is in there. There's there's some good cast members throughout that. I had a lot of issue with how they structured that story. If that story was told linear with flashbacks occasionally to the before times, the movie would have been so much stronger in its tension. Because while the leading up to the kills in that first one were interesting, it's like, ah, oh, here it comes, it's going to happen. There was zero tension in, well, it's going to get to this river. We know Sandra Bullock and these two kids make it. So there was no tension for any of those aspects. And and that always irks me when movies give you too much of, we're going to get here, like opening the movie with the last 10 minutes and go, well, how did I get here? Well, there goes all the tension. And there's a nonlinear approach in this one that is the exact opposite. All the flashbacks and everything that builds up and the, the order at which they piece out the information, I, I, as a writer, I was just very impressed by how they divvied that all out. It was very, very cool. Yeah, and TC, I knew that you were not a big fan of the first one, and... <laughs> I do understand why I understand why people don't like the third act of that film and how it does kind of give it gives way too much of all of the major spoilers away right off the bat. I do agree with you there. Uh, So watching this, I did think I wonder if TC is going to like this better because I think that this is taking the approach that that first one should have, which is the flashbacks instead of basically burying the lead. Mm-hmm. It actually keeps you guessing, I think, I think pretty much right till the end. I was like, I, there's part of me that's thinking, okay, well, maybe this is what the reveal will be. But they just kept introducing teeny little bits here and there. And yeah, every single one of them, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's really clever. 
Yeah, the information is enhances, it gives context to what's happening to Sebastian and why he's doing what he's doing, and it never detracts. Uh, anytime we cut back to the river in that first one, I thought, okay, well, just I'd much rather see this movie in order of events instead of jumping around like this. But this one, yes, I like this one so much more for just its its, its structure. Really won me over. And, and it's that first 15 minutes, the, what is essentially the first act, that feels like we're here again. We're, we're doing Bird Box again, but now we're in a different location. And once you hit the end of that first act, oh, okay, th- this is some very cool world building. And... Uh, yeah, and they have a franchise in their hands right now. They've 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 pieced out some information that could lead to the third and maybe whatever they want to do, Bird Box Beyond. I don't know. The world building and the characters in this are just so much stronger than what that first one did. And I didn't hate that first one. I just thought it was okay, <laughs> a C. Well, these films are based no. on the uh, book series by Josh Mallerman. Is Barcelona it a series or just the one? Well, there's only two books. I'm not sure if that qualifies as a series yet. And the (laughs) sequel book is just called Mallory, which is about Sandra Bullock's character. Mm, So I was a mm -hmm. little surprised when, and I realized I shouldn't be. It's called Bird Box Barcelona. I was thinking, how did Sandra Bullock end up in Barcelona? Like, she's not here. (laughs) That's not a spoiler. That's just casting. And this is about how the events shook out in another part of the world. And I do think they take, as you guys have already said, a lot of different twists and turns from the first film. Of course, there are still similarities. You want to protect the ones you love. That's, mm-hmm. you know, post-apocalyptic world 101. That's why Brad Pitt wanted to solve the zombie problem in World War Z. It's it's a driving motivation. You're going to see that in a everyone's dying type of film. Well, and I enjoyed, uh, I really did enjoy the way that they found a way to marry the themes of this one with the previous one. And it is consistent with the rules that that first one set up while kind of expanding on them. We're learning more about the nature of the beast, so to speak, mm-hmm. as this one goes along. And we're kind of, there. I know that one of the major complaints about the first one was the aspects of the, the seers, the people that don't try to kill themselves when these beasts reveal themselves to them. People had an issue with that because they felt it was somehow stigmatizing mental illness. This one, I think, expands on that pretty perfectly. I really yeah. wish I could say more as to why that is, but it's just... I think this movie does such a great job at exploring, I think better so than the first one, uh, the results of unchecked trauma. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and as opposed to a commentary on what could be looked at as mental illness and the negative qualities of that first one, this one does a lot to go out of its way to to make commentary about zealots, people who like truly believe in the cause without comprehending it and being willing to follow a certain belief because – that's the you because you're so malleable to that idea. Uh, I I I I under I respect people's commentary about the effects of mental illness in that first one and how it might have been looked at very negatively. And I don't think they followed that into this one. I think they found a new way to approach it. Well, this one I thought was more respectful of how being blind, especially if you're just suddenly blind isn't a world in which you can't live in anymore. 
like the tethers they have between buildings so they know where they're going and can get back without with the most uh, simple facets without having to worry about counting steps and knowing where you mm-hmm. are if you get turned around. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. I know they mm-hmm. use really that type of system in Antarctica between snow bases when they're on expeditions. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And the yeah. people that were born blind in the world being like, you know, just people who happen to be blind, not like saying, ah, look at you now, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> no, if anything, it's a benefit. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying I would be a petty person like that, but maybe I am saying that. <laughs> now, with most horror films, this one included, you have to protect the children, not just for your own soul, but for the sake of our future. That's usually very hammy, especially in end-of-the-world movies. I didn't think it was really that hammy in this one, even though we have two beautiful children playing wonderful little precocious characters who just want a better tomorrow. How would you all feel about the acting from the younger cast in this? Oh, I thought they were fantastic. And I'm speaking from someone who realized I was watching the English dub in the first 15 seconds and immediately turned <laughs> it off. We did the two. Yeah, Brad and, and I did the same thing. <laughs> yep. And so when I switched to the Spanish slash German slash English version, uh, I immediately was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kid actor that they introduced very early on, she's really good. Like she's great at delivering her lines. And so is the young actress that they introduce later on, who's German, and I speak better German than I do Spanish. So I was definitely able to pick up on the fact that she was, yeah, that they both were doing great, but especially her. And she, and they both have uh, quite a bit of heavy lifting to do in terms of what their characters represent and what we come to learn about them as it goes along. And I'm like, that takes a really good kid actor to be able to do that without Mm -hmm. the adults having to come in and exposit everything for them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. The performances across the board are great in this, but it's always iffy to have child actors because that can just be, we're just going to accept they're not very good. They're both quite good in this. And yeah, and, no. and they're written None well, too. And they're written well, too. That's always nice to not have just uh, a cute lamp. Uh, cute lamp theory is if you can replace a kid with a cute lamp and nothing changes in the plot, the kid wasn't well-developed in the first place. Both of these child characters are very critical to the advancement of the plot and the advancement of the character's journey, Sebastian specifically. Any movie where the kid does not run off in a snit in the middle of the (laughs) most dangerous situation imaginable is all right with me. Like you get an extra, like you get an instant bump in your grade. So we all agree Robbie should have died in War of the Worlds. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> or that little shit in Extraction 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise just went through a world-ending event and had no casualties, but okay, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, let's get into our final thoughts then. <laughs> TC, would you start, please? Walking Dead beat me down a long time ago when it comes to apocalyptic stories. And I like apocalyptic stories, but it just got so rote that I just, I'm checking out. And I I do like stories of the aftermath of the end. 28 Days Later, Children of Men are some of the top tier films in this genre. This isn't those, but they are tapping into some tone of those. And it's good, particularly going abroad with this. 
just getting us into a different location. It added this foreign film quality to it, not having English speaking main characters. I don't know. It, it, it leveled up in its quality from that first one. And again, I didn't hate the first one. I just thought it was average. And I really do think that this one enhanced what, what came before. As far as apocalyptic movie goes, this is good. The The main character, Sebastian, is is pretty unique. I can't think of many end-of-the-world stories with this angle of a character. Uh, 28 weeks later is close, but uh, this is better because Sebastian is much more compelling than two annoying teenagers, and I'm probably the only one who remembers 28 weeks later. <laughs> if you liked the first one for more than the fact that Sandra Bullock was in it, give this one a watch. If you liked it for the setting and the print... Pre- and the premise, this it, it world builds. This goes further. It's crafted better. It's 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 it wowed me. It surprised me because I didn't come in here expecting it to be this enjoyable. So I, I'm not disappointed. Uh, I didn't care for the ham-fisted way they set it up for a sequel, but that's franchising, folks. What can you do? I'm giving Bird Box Barcelona a seven and a half out of ten. Souls of Light. Oh, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> <laughs> is it? <laughs> how do how do I see these souls, Brad? I'm just curious. Nah, you know, save it, save it for people who watch the movie. It is cute. <laughs> Melina, please. Well, I I do like the first one with all the flaws. I know it has. Uh, I do enjoy a good creature feature. Uh, but I did come into this not having any clue. First of all, for most of its existence, that they even did a sequel. I know, and from the trailer, yeah, I said this off mic, if if anyone sees that trailer and thinks, okay, this is just a rehash, then yeah, you're absolutely forgiven in thinking so. But I beg you, if you do even have lukewarm feelings toward the first one, get through that first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I promise you that you're going to get something that is, as they say, now for something completely different. <laughs> yeah. um, this is not, I think, great top-of-the-notch cinema. There are issues with it. I think primarily some of the uh, CG effects are a bit wonky at points, but I was willing to forgive them because the film is not centered around those. They merely serve a purpose, and it's it's a lower-budget film. What can you do? And if you can make me see past not-great effects, in, and if I can see past the budget to what you actually wanted to do with your film, which is actually explore really interesting and very profound themes that only work to expand this universe and make it better, then absolutely full kudos to you. I think this movie does that in spades. Um, And yeah, I think the cast is fantastic. Uh, Georgina Campbell, who we all just saw in Barbarian, was fantastic in that. She's really good here. That's uh, what she was in. I I didn't look it up. The whole movie, I'm like, why do I recognize her? Sorry, Uh didn't mean to interrupt. And that's why. Um, (laughs) And then Mario Casas, I think he's amazing as Sebastian. I think this is a fascinating character and one that they explore really, really well. This movie had me guessing from the beginning to the end. I think this is exact. This is like pinnacle of a pinnacle example of what you can do with a low budget when you have a really good story. And I think this is a really good story. So yes, absolutely check it out. Uh, and don't be fooled by the fact that it comes off of a, you know, Sandra Bullock film that TC doesn't like. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Um, 
I give this, I give this uh, eight out of ten birthday cakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love me some birthday cakes. Well, for me, this falls under the perfect kind of film, or the perfect kind of sequel, if you want your kids to slowly get into horror. It does have a lot of thought-provoking questions that may be disturbing to some parents. But, you know, I think you should get over it. I also really enjoyed the... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I also really enjoyed Barbarian, something you should never show children. <laughs> but maybe 10 years from now, they'll be like, whoa, is that Claire Georgina Campbell from Burbox, Barcelona? Awesome. And just the kind of world building this does, I really liked. I think you brought that up earlier, TC. I love that mm -hmm. my kids, after we watched the first one and this one, you know, the older ones got to take a peek at this and put some things together. They were like, what's the end of the world going to be like? Do you know about any of this lore? And I'd be like, well, I mean, there's mixtures of Lovecraft here and uh, mixtures of evangelical revelations, not necessarily King James revelations, because that doesn't have cool monsters. Or maybe <laughs> it does in certain translations. And their heads were just like spinning like, we got to look all this up on YouTube. <laughs> And I'm like, oh boy. But, you know, it leads to a chance for them to learn. Uh, my oldest son is now, like, obsessed with Norse mythology because Normandander or something like that is going to eat the world or has already tried to eat the world. I forget. Translation's everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a very lovely sequel. I had a fun time with it. Uh, it doesn't look expensive, and I kind of want more things to maybe look less expensive. I'm tired of seeing so many blockbusters make more money than I could ever imagine having with a little asterisk next to it going, not enough profit. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm going to give this one 7 out of 10 little fun lifts that you can get on blindfolded if you're brave enough and your hearing's good. How's your timing? How's your rhythm? How's your timing? Here we go. 